0: Let me start by saying, first of all, that this uh, me speaking this morning uh, came as a result of Pastor Lee um, originally supposed to be going to Florida to visit his family. And, uh, of course, when the hurricane came in and, and, and all of that happened, he thought it better if he just stayed here around home. And, and so that's why he's here this morning. Normally he would be away, I guess, and that's, that's why I was asked to speak this morning. But as I was preparing for this morning, I got to thinking about Tyler and Rashawn and their ministries and uh, what they're doing and, and how exciting it is for them to uh, have access to all of these people to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with. And, uh, and, and they begin to share stories along those lines, you know, about how uh, they, they've, they've uh, had the opportunity to witness and to share uh, the truth of God's love with all of these college students. And I thought, that's wonderful. But, you know, it's not just Tyler and Rashawn that, that are supposed to be doing that. All of us that know Christ as our Savior have a responsibility to share the love of Jesus Christ with whoever we come in contact with. Pastor Lee talked about that last week when he talked about being ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we all are as Christians. We're all ambassadors for the kingdom of God and for Christ Jesus and sharing our love uh, with those that we come in contact with on a daily basis. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Luke chapter 19. The book of Luke chapter 19, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about seizing the opportunities that Christ Uh, puts in our path each and every day I I don't know about you I'm sure that I can probably speak for most everybody in the room here this morning Uh, sometimes we're so wrapped up in what's going on in our lives sometimes we're so focused on our own issues and our own problems that we miss the opportunities that Christ sends our way to share his love with somebody I've done that many times I'm sure he is he has dropped somebody right in my lap to share the love of Christ with, and because I was so focused on what I was doing and what was going on in my life, that I didn't take that opportunity. So we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about seizing those opportunities. There was a young man who, uh, who found out firsthand what it's like to seize an opportunity. He was a young soldier boy, and he uh, was on a train with his commanding officer headed uh, across the country. And you may remember as when train travel was big and, and you'd see pictures and whatnot of, of train travel, a lot of times these trains had uh, seats that would face each other. And as this commanding officer and this young soldier got on the train headed across the country, the only two seats that were left were facing an elderly grandmother and a beautiful young granddaughter. And so as the train pulled out of the station, the uh, commanding officer and the soldier began to converse and to share with this grandmother and and with her granddaughter. And they began to enjoy pleasant conversation back and forth. And it wasn't too long before both the grandmother and the commanding officer noticed that uh, the granddaughter and the young soldier boy, there was an attraction there. And it was very obvious. They could see. And so they continued to converse and and talking back and forth. And, And all of a sudden they went into a tunnel got pitch black, couldn't see a thing in there, but you could hear, and you heard the smack of a kiss just in just a moment, and then you heard like that across, the, across that guy's face. And uh, the grandmother thought to herself, she thought, you know what? She said, I-, I can't believe that he kissed my granddaughter, but I'm glad she slapped him in the face. He deserved that. And the commanding officer thought to himself, well, I don't blame him for kissing that girl. She's pretty but I hate that she missed hating she missed him, and she slapped me across the face. <laughs> and then the granddaughter thought to herself, well, I'm glad he kissed me, but I hate that my grandmother uh, uh, went to slap him in- instead. I hate that she did that. And about that time, they came out of the tunnel, and the light came, came back in, and everybody could see everything, and the young soldier boy, he had the biggest grin on his face. he just thought to himself, you know what? I just kissed the prettiest girl and slapped my commanding officer all at the same time. And I got away with it. (laughs) He learned how to seize an opportunity, you know. Stand with me, if you will. Let's read from the book of Luke, chapter 19. The book of Luke, chapter 19. We'll talk about seizing opportunities for just a few moments. You remember the story of Zacchaeus. And that's what this, uh, this uh, part of the, of the book of Luke is about. Uh, beginning with verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief among the tax collectors. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who, who he was, and could not because of the crowd. For he was little of stature. And he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. For so much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity you've given us to worship together. We pray, Father, your blessing upon our time as we've opened up your word and read. We pray that you'll allow us to uh, see what you would have us to know today. Open our hearts and open our minds to the truth of your word. We ask you to bless it all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen you may be seated Uh, normally on the back of your bulletin you would have uh, uh, an opportunity to uh, take some notes and we don't have that this morning but I'd encourage you to to maybe just jot a few things down in the uh, margin of your bible uh, this morning as uh, as we share together someone once said in the midst of a generation screaming for answers Christians are stuttering and I thought that was pretty good. In the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are stuttering. You and I, like I said a moment ago, missed so many opportunities to share the love of Christ with uh, somebody that comes in our path. I want to give you five things this morning that we can do to seize those opportunities to share Christ with somebody uh, based on what we've read this morning, based on the story of, of Zacchaeus. The first thing is this. Jesus sought Zacchaeus. Jesus sought him. And just like Jesus sought Zacchaeus, you and I have got to seek uh, those that are looking for the truth, those that are looking for answers. We've got to go after people because they're looking for hope. They're looking for answers. Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus more than Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus. And Jesus is looking for lost sinners more than lost sinners are looking for Jesus. You'll remember many years ago, there was a radio personality that had a good radio show on. His name was Paul Harvey. And I always enjoyed listening to him because he always told things that were were unique and interesting and whatnot. He made this statement one time. He said, too many Christians are no longer fishers of men, but keepers of the aquarium. We need to be fishers of men. We need to be fishers of men and seek after those that are looking for answers, that are looking for the truth of God's love. Number two. Jesus cared for Zacchaeus. Jesus cared for Zacchaeus. If you look back in, uh, in uh, chapter 19, beginning with about verse 5, Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him, and he said unto him, Zacchaeus. He called Zacchaeus by name. He didn't just look up at him and, or even just pass by and ignore him. But he looked up at him and he called him by name. And you and I have got to show that we care. ...for those around us as we share the gospel with them. They're not going to listen to us unless we care for them, my friends. We must care enough to find out more about them. Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. You and I have got to care for those that are around us as well. The Bible tells us that if we don't care for the lost... ...then did you know that we're sinning against God? If we don't care for the lost, we're sinning against God. The Bible tells us in the book of James in chapter 4 in verse 17... ...therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not... To him, it is a sin. So we need to uh, share the love of Christ with those around us. We know that that's what we're supposed to do, and God commands us to do that. And so we need to care for them as well. The third thing we need to do, and Tyler hit this right on the head just a moment ago, we need to fellowship with those that are looking for answers. Just like Jesus fellowshiped with Zacchaeus, we must be willing to go to them. We must be willing to go into their homes. We must be willing to go into their culture. ...and into their circles, all the while still being uh, separate in our actions. We must go and we must fellowship uh, with them. Uh, Jesus fellowshiped with everybody. In the book of Matthew in chapter 9, he tells a story of of fellowship and and what was said about him. You don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screen. But uh, Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew... ...sitting at the receipt of custom or, or at the tax office... And he said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat, or they were having a meal in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Those that are well don't need the physician, my friends. It's those that are sick. And we've got to go to those that are seeking uh, answers, those that are looking for the truth uh, of God's love. Uh, Two men, two young men had met about 20 years ago, both of them college students at a university on the West Coast, not far from the beach. Charles was a freshman, Alan was a junior, and both were physics majors. Alan was both intelligent and articulate, but how Alan got on with his studies was a mystery to many because Alan was virtually blind. He couldn't see well enough to get from place to place without the help of someone else. But when it came to reading, now that was a different story because Alan was oftentimes seen, his face just a couple inches from the text ...as he was working away at his assignments. Alan got not only straight A's... ...but he returned to the university as a physics professor. And although he was Jewish in background... Allen was extremely skeptical of anything religious... ...especially Christian. He was well-read and well-versed... ...and he argued his doubt like a scientist. Alan believed that Christianity was unable to pass... ...the theological requirements of science... ...and he therefore pled agnostic... There simply wasn't enough evidence in his mind to warrant belief in God. Well, as a fledgling freshman, Charles, along with several of his buddies, his Christian buddies, tried to show him there was ample evidence in Christianity's truth. There were not only facts of fulfilled prophecy and the reliability of the New Testament documents, but also the testimony of creation. Wasn't that sufficient? Well, not for Alan. See, Alan was unusually happy to discuss religious subjects, which always gave Charles and his friends some hope. But even more intriguing was how he liked to hang out with them. Alan didn't have many friends. He was rather unattractive, much too serious, and totally dependent on others for any kind of transportation. But Charles and his friends, they tried to reach out to him the best they could, and Alan knew he could come at any time with them to the beach or, or to one of their many Midnight Runs to Taco Bell. They always tried to include Alan in everything they did. One night, something happened. A bunch of friends got together to enjoy the sunset and a roaring bonfire on the beach. By the time the evening was over, Alan had made a decision to accept Christ. And no one even knew it. The next day, he went to tell Charles what happened. And Charles asked him what made him decide. Well, he said, while everyone was sitting around the fire, I realized that whenever I'm around you Christians, I'm happy. Even when we disagree with each other, I find myself likened to be with you. But Alan, Charles said, I thought you were never going to become a believer unless there was first enough evidence. Yeah, Chuck, he replied, I still require it, but that's precisely why I now believe. It's how you all love each other that strikes me the most. I never considered that evidence before. A good scientist considers all the facts. I simply haven't found the love you Christians have for each other anywhere else. And that's enough evidence for me that Jesus is Lord. You see, my friends, Alan came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because Charles and his buddies fellowshiped with him. They included him. And that's what you and I have to do. We have to fellowship with those that are lost. We have to fellowship with them, as Tyler was saying and as Rashawn was saying as well, that we have to fellowship with them and show them the love of Jesus Christ without wavering from our stand and our position in Christ but we can do that. We need to do that. Number four, we've seen already that, uh, Jesus sought after him. Jesus cared for him and we must care for the lost as well. Jesus fellowshiped with Zacchaeus and you and I must fellowship with those that are seeking the truth of God's love. Number four is this. Jesus shared the truth with him. And, uh, You and I must be willing to do that as well. We must be willing to share the truth of God's love. You and I exist to call people to be followers of Jesus Christ. Ambassadors. Ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Uh, Just like the truth changed Zacchaeus, the truth will change everyone who comes to the truth of Christ. So we must share uh, that truth with them. Uh, And lastly, number five, Jesus taught him how to live and how to give. We can't stop at salvation, my friends. We can't stop at salvation. I was encouraged to hear of the discipleship that's going on in uh, in their ministries uh, this morning. And and you and I, we can't stop at getting them saved. We must teach them, just like new believers and new babies in in the world, we've got to teach them how to live for Christ and how to give to Christ. You and I exist to disciple people who become followers of Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. We're ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we exist to become followers or to disciple people who become followers of Christ. They need us. They need to know. uh, They need those who've grown in Christ to show them the way. Uh, It's an eternal investment of your life into another. You'll know the name S. Truett Kathy. Everybody here in this room probably knows that name. The founder of Chick-fil-A. He made this statement uh, one time. If you wish to enrich days plant flowers. If you wish to enrich years, plant trees. If you wish to enrich eternity, plant ideals in the lives of others. If we're going to reach people for Christ, my friends, we must seize every opportunity to seek out lost people. We must care for them. We must fellowship with them. We must share the truth with them and teach them how to live and how to give their lives for Christ. Follow the example of Jesus And you'll be an effective witness for Christ. Bow your head with me and close your eyes, if you will, as we close this morning in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us this opportunity to come together and to rejoice over the uh, ministries of of, uh, Rashawn and Tyler. And we just ask, Lord Jesus, that you continue to bless them. But, Father, we ask that you would continue to open opportunities for us to share individually uh, the love that you've placed in our hearts and in our lives to share with those around us a lost and a dying world a hurting world father share with them the truth of your love we love you father we thank you so much lord jesus for meeting with us this morning